welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. You're here with Sophie, registered nutritionist. And Barry, registered dietitian. And today's episode is about the UK government's new obesity strategy, which was unveiled um, to help beat the coronavirus um, second wave and protect the NHS. Yeah, so we as healthcare professionals have some um, pretty strong opinions on the way that the campaign has been displayed um, or communicated and I know that a lot of our followers have an opinion too and other healthcare professionals I mean a lot of people are talking about it so we thought as we host a wellness podcast that we would touch on the subject and just have a bit of a discussion really. Yeah definitely I'm really excited I'm a bit hyped up about it Um, I have obviously um, really strong opinions about everything so this is no different Um, but before we get into it um, shall we recap the weekend because we had an absolutely lovely weekend we did I think it was genuinely the best day of 2020 for me yeah I agree I think yeah so far I think we have an exciting day coming up a few exciting days coming up um but as of right now, that was like the best day. The highlight, yeah. Um, yeah, the, before, before we got, came on here, me and Barry were just saying that everything we have planned this year, whether it be kind of professionally or personally, has just not gone to plan. Yeah, so there's the saying, my mom has always said it, um, man plans, God laughs. And literally, like, we have planned, and we're both talking about completely different experiences, just, like, experiences in general. Um, But, like, we can both organize everything to make it so perfect, but somehow it just, like, doesn't fucking work. And it's just, like, we can't, like, we might as well just not plan anything. We've been in a situation. And it's really difficult trying to find that balance of obviously remaining grateful for what we have. Um, we are, we have a lot to be thankful for, but at the same time, it's very, very frustrating when everything we're trying to set out to achieve, again, whether that be professionally or personally, is just kind of being knocked back. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it, it's so Barry. Like, that's so, that's how I feel like about these situations. Like, whenever this happens, I'm always like, oh, that's so Barry. Like, that would happen to me. Like, <laughs> It's just so annoying. But anyways, this weekend, um, we celebrated Sophie's Hen. Uh, for anyone who is in America, that is a bachelorette party, which um, we call <laughs> hen do here, which I find so funny. That's so funny. I actually said that to Ash on the week, like, before we had my, my do. We were, like, so weird how, like, Americans say bachelor and bachelorette party. And we're, like, hen and stag. Yeah, so different. Um, so, first of all, last weekend, like, I genuinely thought Sophie didn't know. I really thought it was a surprise. <laughs> And then she mentioned it in conversation and you know when like you say something and you know you're not supposed to and you put your foot in it and then you get like this like your stomach cramps up and you feel so hot and you're like what did I just say? I had that moment because I was like fucking hell did I ruin the surprise? Like (laughs) I just mentioned it in a conversation and she just mentioned it back to me. But um, no you knew the whole time. And then I tried to play down. It was going to be a do but I didn't know what the setup was going to be. Were you surprised by it? It was just like beyond my expectations. I knew like my mum and my sister and one of my oldest best friends, Saskia, had been planning like the whole week. Um, my mum even said to me, she was like, I keep like seeing Saskia and I, it was meant to be like a surprise and I keep slipping that I've seen her. So I'm just going to tell you like we're planning it. Um, so I knew they were like planning stuff, but the amount of effort they went to like was just insane like right down to like the color scheme like yeah it was just so like aesthetically pleasing um and yeah just have all my favorite best friends be involved was made it the best day yeah it was it was like it was the most gorgeous like garden party ever that's like the way I can yeah and it was so needed like I honestly just haven't had a day like that and being that obviously my wedding has been pushed back and I just the whole lead up to what a wedding is supposed to be like just hasn't happened for me so to just have one thing that I could just immerse myself and immerse myself in and enjoy was just everything I needed at that point and it was so perfect like it literally was just so perfect which is exactly what you said like it was just so needed and I feel like for the one time God was like we'll let you have this one yeah we'll let you have this one (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you Um, but yeah and I said to you said this to you on the day but like it's 
I think your wedding and like your Hindu or any like wedding related event is really the only time you can have like all the different pockets of your friends in one yeah, place. Definitely. Because you had like friends that you you were friends with since you were you know so young, and then friends from school, and then friends from like work, and you know uh, so many different like encounterances all in one place, like so rare. I know, and everyone like said how much they loved each other, and everyone got on so well. Like it was just so perfect. Like it was only good vibes. Only good vibes. Yeah. It was. Exactly. That's what we want. <laughs> that is the theme here. We are good vibes only. Um, but yeah, it was so lovely. I definitely felt super like rejuvenated after because like yeah. I just like absorbed all that energy. But then I did have a very bad hangover on Sunday. So I, yeah, I just had like hideous amounts of anxiety the next day and still today to be honest. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day for sure. Um so yeah, still anxious, still like slightly tired. Monday night recording, which we know doesn't always go so well for me because <laughs> I have like brain damage by this time at night. But I'm here to rant on about public health England. So okay, let's get into it. Hopefully I don't fall asleep. Okay. So um for anyone who doesn't know, um the the campaign that the UK government has released is called the Better Health Campaign, and it's announced to help people lose weight. I'm literally just going to read this off the UK government website, which we never do. This is like the most prepared we've ever been for an episode, just because um, it's more succinct and I won't stumble over my words as much and I'll get my point across much faster. Um, So I guess we'll go through kind of like the four points of why, what they're doing, and we can kind of debate them. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So to help people lose weight, and I'm using air quotes, like protect the NHS, meaning like if you lose weight, you'll be less susceptible to COVID, less serious, you know, complications, and you'll help, again, air quotes, protect the NHS um, through it by just forcing people to lose weight, fine. Um, So the four things are, one, ban on TV and online adverts for for food high in fat, sugar, and salt before 9 p.m., should I go through all of them first, or do you want to, like... No, we can discuss as we go along, can't we? Yeah. So, I mean, I know, I mean, as a public health nutritionist, um, obviously my practice is slightly different to other public health nutritionists, in a sense, um, but I am aware that we do need public health campaigns, and, you know, particularly for encouraging certain food preferences and behaviours in children, which is currently a bit of an issue in the UK, um, it makes sense to kind of not have those air quotes again unhealthy foods promoted at all hours of the day however it kind of puts those foods in this bracket of being like completely like bad or forbidden yeah which just makes you want it more and then it that leads mm. into the cycle of like binge restrict yeah I think the way that they're communicating this and the kind of tools that they're giving people aren't necessarily being represented in the right way. Yeah, I guess, like, here's the thing, like, yes, a large percentage of the population um, is, are are at higher weights, which can be risk factors. Like, Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And yeah, I hate the word obesity, but, you know, not everyone who is obese is unhealthy. I'll just put it like that. Like, there are a ton of people who have a a classified weight that is obese that have healthy, normal lifestyles, and they're not at risk of, you know, these complications, like putting everyone under the same obesity blanket. But yes, there are also a large portion of the population that are obese from unhealthy lifestyle factors. So I completely get public health England's like need to try and help those people by public health initiatives. I totally understand that. But I just feel like the way that they've gone about it is so reductionist, like meaning like stop this, stop this, stop this. And it's just like making more limits, more rules. That's not helpful. Like what can we bring in? What what are you going to give us? What are you going to add to our lives mm-hmm. instead of just keep taking things away? Yeah, and I think we said before we started recording if you were in a larger body right now, you'd probably be feeling pretty bad about yourself <laughs> because yeah. the way that they're presenting these people who are in larger bodies, of course, that's going to make you feel bad about yourself. Like, and that's the last thing they need. 
Exactly. You're going to feel guilt. You're going to feel shame. And look, both of you and I are both here talking about this in very privileged, Mm -hmm. smaller bodies. So we can't relate. Um, But I can only imagine or only speculate what someone who is already self-conscious about their weight feels in a time like this. Yeah. And I think that's really, really terrible um, to have that pressure on you. And I, I guess maybe it's better marketing, but like lose weight, save the NHS. Like, so I hate it. I hate Mm -hmm. it. I can't explain it. It just, it's so dramatic. Yeah. And I forgot. So I was doing this thing for work. So I work in health marketing for a company that is actually involved in the better health campaign, um, which is ironic. Um, but I was doing this project where I was doing a bit of what we call social listening and someone put it so perfectly where, um, it was like, why I forgot how they worded it, but something about like smoking and how smoking can increase your risk for, um, obviously COVID it's a respiratory infection. Um, and just like, we all know smoking is so bad for you, but like public health income's never gone to the extent for smoking that it has for obesity. And it's just, again, a disproportionate kind of guilt and stigma placed on that community. That's not helpful. Yeah. And I just think there's so much emphasis, like all the talk at the moment is around weight. Like it's all about Mm. weight. They haven't once mentioned kind of, you know, what what, there are so many other factors that determine our health, things like sleep, um exactly. activity stress you know your social activity. situations yeah your stress levels you know the environment that you're living in or even just like nutrition education that's not even part of it it's it's literally just cut this cut this cut this mm-hmm. lose weight not how can we help you learn more educate more it's yeah. let's let's do taxes on things that are unhealthy. Well, what about like lowering the prices of healthy foods instead of like disproportionately increasing the prices of bad foods? Mm-hmm. It's it 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 just doesn't work. I just think the tools that they're giving people, well, they're they're lacking actually. Um there's lack of tools and you know accessibility to like I said, you know, some people are struggling financially to put food on the table and you know they don't have the convenience or the availability yeah and that's like a whole other issue but it's one that needs to be included when presenting campaigns like this I completely agree and that that statement is so true and it reminded me I listened to a podcast by um today in focus by the guardian over the weekend um which talked about the you know the obesity crisis in the UK and it was saying and we always say like eating healthy is not that expensive but they kind of what they did is they broke it down on a 100 calorie basis so like 100 calories of fresh orange versus like 100 calories or no it was like 100 calories of orange juice fresh squeezed orange juice versus 100 calories of like squash and then like on a sense basis the squash is like five times cheaper mm-hmm. per 100 calories. So it was like a really unique way to present the research instead of like per 100 grams per 100 calories, because people who are low socioeconomic um, in that bracket, you know, you just want to feed your children. Yeah. You just want them to be full. And what that comes down to is they just need energy dense foods to, yeah. you know, make them feel full and, you know, not starving and things like that. And when you break it down, actually, you know, healthy foods are massively more expensive on a calorie basis. Yeah. Which is something that I've never really thought about. Yeah, it's a really interesting way of looking at it. Um, so they then kind of the second point is end deals like buy one, get one free on unhealthy food, high in salt, sugar and fat. Wait, can we just go back to the first one for a second? So I just thought of something. But um, I guess, sorry, <laughs> this is why we should prepare. We have notes. Um, but um, I read somewhere that this was because mainly children are watching TV around this time. And, th- you know, they're not able to rationalize and make their own decisions um, just because, you know, education at that level on health and nutrition is, you know, not this, not what an adult is. So, um they're doing that to kind of decrease the the need for children to have sugary foods and things like that and maybe like a bit of com- 
combating maybe childhood obesity. Um, so I actually don't think that one's the worst out of all of them. Like I'm happy. No, definitely not. Definitely I'm not. Kind of like, We're going to go off on tangents here as well. <laughs> I actually feel like that one is, is actually quite good. I would like happily have that. I think that should be a thing. Um, you know definitely like there needs to be more education for children 100% and they are exposed too often to the less nutritious foods in terms of advertising because no one's advertising on tv that you know kids should eat their fruits and vegetables yeah where's the pr for broccoli yeah I don't see a commercial for broccoli (laughs) and yeah like kids should be able to have like sweets and high sugar and high fat foods because they're kids and we should all be able to eat that but again they're exposed to it so often we don't really need it exposed in every tv advert um while they're watching peppa pig like that's not necessary i agree with that one to be honest okay cool any more comments no i'm done done on that one (laughs) okay so back to the buy one get one free deals um thoughts um again this is probably one of the more benign ones like but then again it's like well these deals are also for people who need them but I do get like a large percent of the population will just see a buy one get one deal and just take advantage and get like two bags of crisp for the price of one and yeah, and do you know what, thinking about it, when I walk around Sainsbury's which tend that's my local is where I tend to do my food shop I don't really ever see buy one get one free broccoli or buy one get one free rice. Like yeah, very very rare will you see or that. bread oh, even. Never have I ever have never. Never have I. <laughs> <laughs> still in weekend mode. <laughs> but I was gonna say never have I ever seen a buy one get one free like salmon fillet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, like, like I said, just like bread or milk or things like that. Like eggs, yeah, literally. Like I would love to see those foods, but I'll get them free. Exactly, and but we do know that this leads to more food waste as well. I was just gonna say that that we know that you know supermarkets are throwing out thousands of pounds of food because it goes off, or there's even companies out there who are you know, recycling that food to, and giving it to food banks or even, you know, the food that doesn't make it to the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Companies are then boxing it up and you can, you know, purchase that foods that might not look as aesthetic on the shelves, but they're just as healthy and just as like quality wise, perfect, but maybe not aesthetically pleasing, you know, to see like a carrot with a big dent in it or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there is room to do that with healthier foods yeah 100% like I said I you know things like bread milk eggs rice you know they're the essentials that should be in people's households more often yeah I think this is another great example of them just making the certain foods that they don't want people to eat just kind of trying to take them away instead of increasing the availability and the affordability of the foods that we should be eating Mm -hmm. yeah I think like we said before just like the messaging around it we don't want people to think that like these are bad foods and they can't be included in a well-balanced diet we but we should be putting more emphasis on the more nutritionally dense foods yeah exactly I couldn't agree more it's not that we don't want people to not have these it's just there's other things that we should be prioritizing like and I think Mark's kind of a good example of this where like I always say to him like and you know his eating habits have changed so much over the years but it's not about like cutting out this cutting out that cutting out that it's like what can we bring into your diet what can we add more of like so tonight he had spinach and carrots and salmon like four years ago he would have never eaten that it would have been a you know a takeaway or a ready meal or something like that but Mm -hmm. it's not And he still eats all that. Like yesterday we had a takeaway or a ready meal or something like that. It's not about getting rid of those things. It's just what else can we add? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where this campaign missed it. Yeah. Um, But again, like by getting rid of the buy one, get one free, let's say it was buy one, get one free, like pop chips, um, which are fabulous. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) they're so good. Um, 
like that person who was going to buy them anyways, even if they're not buy one, get one free, will still probably buy them. It's not making them choose a bag of like a punnet of grapes more. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're still going to buy it. It's just not going to be buy one, get one free. Yeah. It's, and it's not increasing the likelihood that they make other choices. It's just decreasing the quantity of that choice that they're going to get. Yeah. So that's that on that. Okay. Shall we make our way on to the next point? Yes. So, oh, I hate this one. Calories to be displayed on menus to help people make healthier choices when eating out, while alcoholic drinks could soon have to list hidden liquid calories. First of all, I hate, hate, hate where it's like liquid calories. A calorie is a calorie. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like that frustrates me. Like, because I remember an old saying, sorry, mom, to call you out. But I remember like my mom being like, I don't drink my calories. Yeah. It gives me a buzz. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I just feel like a calorie is a calorie. You want to eat your calories, you want to drink your calories. I hate that phrase of liquid calories. Anyways, this is probably the one that we'll spend the majority of time um, debating. Yeah. So, So my first point is... Let's say you've got salmon, I don't know, like a salmon, like a salmon dish with like maybe rice and salads and dressing mm-hmm. um, that could potentially have more calories than, let's say, a burger. Yeah. I don't actually know if this is correct, by the way. I'm just giving examples. A salmon dish is potentially more nutritious. Yeah. But someone might look at the other meal and think it could even be a pizza actually and again nothing wrong with having a pizza I bloody love having a pizza but they might see that it's lower in calories and choose that dish because they see oh it's lower in calories that doesn't necessarily have as much nutrition in as the other dish exactly so calories is not a representation of the healthfulness of that food you can you know, I'm just going to put out random numbers there. But if if you can eat 2,000 calories of crap and 2,000 calories of, you know, balanced nutrition, mm-hmm. um, and your overall health is going to be very different. Yeah. And even adding things to your meal, such as avocado or nuts or olive oil, um, cheese, they're all super nutritious foods, but they are going to add calories to the meal. But that's not to say you shouldn't have them. That's actually... And calories aren't bad. Calorie is not yeah. a bad word. It's literally uh-huh. just a measure of energy. So the amount of energy it takes our body to basically burn it. Um, that's not a bad thing. Like you said, like avocado, nuts, those are high in calories, but they're also high in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And again, like the actual measure of a calorie is so vague in the sense that all calories are kind of metabolized differently depending on the nutritional value of the food. Exactly. Um, And yeah, 100%, especially when there's like fiber involved, not everything is absorbed. Um, So certain fibers you don't absorb, you just pass through. But, you know, those calories are still kind of accounted for. Um, and again, yeah, everyone's body is so different. You know, two people could eat the same meal and absorb different nutrients from it and different amount of calories from that meal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is so what this what in my head, what the statement is saying is that calories are the most important thing and not the Mm quantity, like you said, not the quantity of the food or even the it's it's not the quality of the food you're having. It's the quantity of calories, which is like insignificant. Like I said, you could have 2000 calories of just McDonald's or 2000 calories of home cooked food and like they're equal in calories, but they're vastly different in nutrition. Yeah, totally. And I do also think, so this won't apply to everyone, but myself, for instance, you know, I don't go out for dinner that often. Um, you know, mainly because it's quite expensive (laughs) and it's normally a treat when Ash and I go out for dinner. Um, But I don't, I don't want to look at the calories. I want to go out and choose something I want based on what I want. Yeah, Um, you want to be influenced. Yeah, exactly. And I get what they're saying. You know, if you do eat out a lot, you might need some kind of influence to help you make a healthier choice. But again, that's so difficult because 
some food. Anyway, we won't go with the, the points we've just yeah. said. But then again, exactly to go off what you were saying, I totally agree with you. And then what I would add to that is instead of, you know, scare scaremongering people in a restaurant to not eat high calorie foods, why are we not encouraging people to cook more at home? Mm-hmm. And why is there no kind of like government, you know, not assistance or pro- I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but like I think just get rewarded like, for doing yeah. of being punished for doing all the things that are bad. How can we we be rewarded for doing the things that benefit our health, Mm -hmm. like cooking from scratch? Yeah, and just going back to that point again, I do work with a lot of clients who are scared of going out for dinner because of that very reason. You know, they feel overwhelmed by the menu. They don't know how many calories are in each meal, and it's not an enjoyable experience. So, and I, I challenge them and I help them get over that fear. So for those clients to now go to restaurants and see calories on the menu that's going to bring them back and that's really really difficult for them so I get like I said I know this won't apply to everyone but you know in my world a lot of people don't want to go to a restaurant and be faced with the calorie content of each meal agreed I think you know in the eating disorder recovery anti-diet world we don't want that um But also I would just say like normal people don't want that. Not that those people aren't normal, but just like your everyday person who doesn't have a, has a perfectly fine relationship with food, has never struggled with it. Like it's not something that you want to influence your meal. Like you said, if you see a burger versus a pizza, like I just struggle with it so much because again, the calories mean nothing. I know. And I think if we're going to do something in terms of, you know, labeling menus, why can't we put on like a little, what would it be, like a little toolbox or something and have, you know, this dish is a good source of omega-3. This contains vitamin C and... Make it a bit of education. Yeah, exactly. This is a high protein meal or this contains essential fats. You know, let's pull out the positives of each meal and have people make a decision. Or why can't there be an initiative that every restaurant is like required to have like... um, you know, meet a certain requirement on like balance nutrients and stuff yeah. like that. And just like have something on the menu that is, you know, well balanced and, you know, applies to everyone. Maybe there's like a few options or maybe there's like a separate, you know, menu about that. And if you buy off that menu, then you get 10% off. Like there's other things that could be done mm-hmm. to achieve the same outcome without offending certain populations, i.e. the eating disorder community. Um, And that goes on both ends. So when we say eating disorder community that are not, they don't want to see the calories because it's going to affect their mentality and their mental health um, and their actions around food. It's not just people who are underweight. Like that's also people who are overweight. And I would argue even morbidly obese, someone who struggles with, you know, binge eating disorder or other eating disorders of that nature, you know, they don't want to see that either. That really, really, really can affect their psyche and their decisions and their guilt and you know doubt about themselves and it's just fueling the fire on both ends Mm -hmm. I feel like this will only like work for like a small portion of the population I I do agree as well I think only for a small amount of people will this be applicable slash beneficial for because there's very few people you know in my eyes anyway that don't have a disordered relationship with food Exactly. Um, And I think we'd be like, I don't want to like not acknowledge the fact that like, you know, there, there are a lot of people who are, like we said, obese and don't eat healthfully. Um, But again, there's other things that we can do instead of focusing on the calories. Let's focus on the health because calories have gotten us nowhere thus far. Why are we not changing? Like, there's been a war against calories for ages. The fact that my fitness pal exists is a war against calories, calorie counters. That has gotten us nowhere. Like we are no healthier as a nation because of calories. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also hate the word obese and obesity. Yeah. It's been made to sound so, I don't want to use like a horrible word, but I I don't think it's a nice word. And I don't think people want that label it's just not it's not nice it's not helpful and like I said at the beginning I think anyone who is in a larger body is not going to be feeling that great about themselves right now 
Yeah, exactly. Because what we've done is when describing someone who is, you know, obese, we've attached all these negative qualifications about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And never once are we saying like anything else about except just all the bad things that, you know, these, and I'm using air quotes, these obese people, Mm -hmm. you know, are doing and how hard, like, and we're not taking into consideration one, their thoughts or feelings or what their experiences that have led ha- led them to make those thoughts or those actions. Um, but also the fact that weight is not a determinant of health or not always a determinant of health. That BMI, which calculates obesity and overweight, is a totally flawed system. And again, someone could be in a larger body, be technically overweight and or obese and be just as healthy and live, you know, they're active, they manage their stress, they sleep well, they eat a well-balanced diet. And you know, that's just their genetics, Mm -hmm. that they're in a larger body. And that's absolutely fine. But yes, there are those people who are also overweight, who don't eat well, don't exercise, and, you know, smoke and drink and etc. And they have quite a healthy lifestyle. So I think that 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 when you say the word obese, that's the picture that's painted and neglects the other part of the population that suffers from all that stigma without those actions Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah no definitely and I think just going back to what I said before about the overall picture of talking let's 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 talk about stress let's talk about physical activity you know let's talk about you know the environment in which we're in and you know how we talk to ourselves how we treat ourselves what we do for ourselves you know how we hydrate ourselves um and sleep as well. Sleep is hugely important to overall well-being. I haven't heard any of these things being spoken about. Yeah, same. And even, like, mental health plays such a role in, like, physical health. Like, where's the support on that? Yeah. And I think even, I mean, I know they have touched a little bit on getting active. Yeah, because work is, like, ride your bike to work. Yeah, but then, again, like, a lot of people will feel that pressure and be like, oh, my God, like, I have to sweat and do, like, a a tough workout every day but it's like let's just encourage people to move you know I completely agree and yeah he's like everyone should cycle well first of all I never learned how to ride a bike so I cannot do that um I I don't have a bike and I can't afford one right now yeah Mark has a bike um I don't because I never learned how I wouldn't be able to afford one either I'd probably have to get like a razor scooter um that always hit your ankles did you have oh yeah I did I like chronically you try so hard not to like let it move into that position it would like slice your ankle off so painful traumatized um but yeah that's like what I had as a kid because I was petrified of riding a bike um but yeah like again there's just no incentive to be doing all the good it's like what about the people who do exercise and what about the people who you know move and how can we encourage others and you know there's just like that point about exercise so that the bullet point is new campaign to help people lose weight, get active and eat better after COVID-19 wake up call. It All it says is get active. And then Boris put out a statement about riding your bike. But it's also like gyms are still, you know, in this like reopening phase. And it's like, how can you increase people getting active without the right facilities? Like there has to be something else that can be done. Like there has to be some other implementation to facilitate this. And there's just not. Yeah, I think there needs to be better access to, like I said, kind of more helpful tools that people can easily implement into their day to day. As opposed to just hearing this message of, oh, you need to lose weight. Because the, the first thing someone might do when they hear that is, oh, my God, I need to go on this like really strict diet. And that's not going to improve their health. Oh, my God. Imagine we get, like, the research in, like, 30 years, the people growing up in this era. So everyone who's in their, like, I would say, like, adolescent, teenage, early 20 years, what are the rates of eating disorders going to be from all of this public health messaging? Yeah. Where everyone is focusing about your weight, lose weight, save the NHS. Like, are you kidding? If I was, like, a 15-year-old in my 15 year old body I'd be freaking out well this is another thing it's kind of like all those teenagers who are struggling anyway with their body image and you know trying to you know I'm working with young girls um in in my clinic practice right now who 
are, you know, they're in smaller bodies, but they're worried about weight. And the messages now that we're being, you know, that we're hearing from the government, they're not going to be helpful for these, you know, people who aren't even in a larger body. They're, they're going to be scared, though. Yeah, exactly. And this is why the, the campaign should have been focused on health the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the health element, that's beneficial for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, healthy bodies come in all shapes and sizes. That's a fact. Right. That is a fact. We are all in different shape, bod- shaped bodies. You know, we're supposed to be different sizes. Our genetics are different. Um, so to just label that kind of larger body being unhealthy is just so wrong. Exactly. I Yeah, it's... They really missed the mark on this, but like, did. and I think we, we, there just needs to be more conversations about how you can kind of improve your health. Let's just take weight out of it and talk about how we can make small changes to improve our health. Like, you know, maybe including some more fruits and veg into your diet, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you have a good routine in terms of your sleep, managing stress. Um, again, all things that we've already touched on. Exactly. But, you know, give the people who are struggling with that more access mm-hmm. to services or education to help them yeah yeah I do think there's a lack of education I, it's just it's just so never going to be as simple as saying oh yeah lose weight to improve your health totally. like, that's just the wrong message yeah that's like I said it's not gotten us anywhere as a society society in the past 50 100 years like mm-hmm. The, the focus has always been on weight, and now we see that eating disorders are have never been higher. Never have there ever been higher eating disorder rates. Literally. And also, they kind of make out that, like, being in a larger body is a choice. Yeah, and it's a bad thing. Yeah. And Where, it's not. And it's not. And it's not, first of all, one, it's your genetics, like you said, it's not a choice. And also... The size of your body does not dictate the contents within it. Mm-hmm. So one, you can be just as healthy in a larger body as in a smaller body, and even more so healthier in a larger body than an extremely smaller body. And also, like, what kind of person are you? Like, let's yeah. stop, like, judging people by the way they look and just be like, are you a nice person? Do you help others? Are you charitable and philanthropic and, you know, kind and, you know, supportive? Like, the whole kind of focus on, like, the external is so negative. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, let's scroll through this kind of document. Um, So I guess the whole thing is that this is really coming to fruition because people who were or are overweight who did have COVID were more likely to be in the ICU. Yeah. So I, I get where this came from in the sense that, you know, if you are in, and they used the word morbidly obese, which for anyone who doesn't know, that's a BMI of over 40. So if you are morbidly obese, you are more likely to have you know, be in the ICU and have poor outcomes. And, you know, that does cost the NHS more and, and stuff like that. But this isn't really the solution because I would argue that no one wakes up one day morbidly obese. That's a series of lifestyle choices and lifestyle factors. And it's often really psychologically rooted. And then telling them just to lose weight to save the NHS. Like, what about them? Who's taking care of them? Who's caring about them? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> just drop my microphone um yeah no I I completely agree and again it you know you can see where it's come from because the statistics are there the research yeah. is there yeah um, but again it's just the messaging that is being put forward I think is just so unhelpful and I'm like is it really gonna make a change in terms of helping people get more healthy like let's just put weight to one side because like I said you can go on a diet and that that may not improve your health you might lose a bit of weight but are you necessarily going to be healthier when we we aren't being given the tools we need to move forward yeah and nothing they've said here is sustainable 
So, yeah, you mm. might lose weight if you cut calories and you might lose weight if you don't get a buy one, get one free, you know, pack of crisps or whatever. But, like, are you building any healthy, sustainable habits? Like, are you learning anything? Mm-hmm. No, we know calorie counting is not a sustainable way forward. Um, we know that. Research has shown that. It's it's not effective. So why are they not taking the research for what is sustainable lifestyle changes and, you know, rewarding people with those habits and encouraging people to adopt new habits instead of punishing them for existing habits. Yeah, definitely. I hope someone in public health England is listening to this. (laughs) Please. We can only hope. Please pass this episode on if you have any family, friends, um, cousin, sister, brother, mother, aunt, anything. Um, Yeah. Yeah, let's. I, so I'm actually on the document as well, and there's a few quotes from oh. our prime minister. <laughs> oh, please read. Um, losing weight is hard, but with some small changes, we can all feel fitter and healthier. It is hard. It's so hard because but again, we that's just pairing healthy. weight loss with feeling, you know, fitter and healthier, and it may not necessarily be the number on the scales that you need to worry about you know you might end up losing weight if you you know change your lifestyle and start choosing you know making healthier choices whether that be food or like I said sleeping more drinking more water managing a stress um but going in it with the sole intention of losing weight again might not lead to the healthiest choices anyway yeah I completely agree and also, like, the fact that, like, they're not labeling liquid calories, which, like, at the moment, they might, might they might be, they might have to. Like, mm-hmm. we're not even encouraging people to, like, drink less, which we know is not only, like, yes, more calories, irrelevant. But, like, we know that people who drink more than others are at higher risk for, you know, negative health outcomes. Like, we know that, like, excess drinking is not good for us. Why is that not even mentioned? Yeah, exactly. Like, nowhere in this, like, better health campaign is really alcohol or smoking mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just all calories and weight. So, Not- yeah, there's another um, quote. If we all do our bit, we can reduce our health risks and protect ourselves against coronavirus, as well as taking pressure off the NHS. Again, what does that mean? Like, you know, we all do our bit. <laughs> What does that mean? Oh, my God. If we all make an effort to lose weight, is that what he means? Yeah, but, like, what about the people who don't have to lose weight? Or, like, like, you know, don't don't need to, don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know the answer because, like, I don't have the answer of, like, what a better system would be. I just know that this is not the one. Yeah. Again, I I know I've, I've probably repeated myself a few times, but I just don't think the messaging is that helpful. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I'm just scrolling through right now. And I think we'll just keep repeating ourselves at this point. Um, Let's just, we had a few thoughts um, from our followers. I think some of them crossed over. But um, so someone said, thoughts on total absence of physical activity and strategy. We kind of touched on that. Yeah, there was a bit of mention of like, get active you know ride your bike to work yeah but we kind of talked about just moving in general um someone's also put how mad is it that they have launched it and the eat out for 50 percent off at the same time yeah let's talk about that um so for anyone who doesn't is not aware or like you're not in the uk i think it's from like the 3rd of august to the 31st of august monday through wednesday you get like half off um and restaurants if you eat in is that correct I believe so um it does it excludes alcohol or it's like half off your first 10 pounds or whatever it is but basically it's incentivizing people to eat in restaurants more obviously COVID has been you know extremely detrimental to the economy it's just especially the the hospitality industry so I get I get it. Like it's supposed to increase, you know, revenue for those companies. And I feel so bad for the Russian owners. I do. I really, really, really do. Mm-hmm. But it is so contradicting to 
the message that Public Health England is putting out. Yeah, it is. And oh, like you said, it's, you know, the economy has suffered massively. It's all just a bloody shit show, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, even just going over this, it's it gets me annoyed and I'm fed up with it. Um, and, you know, we do have to work together to bring it back to kind of you know rebuild our lives there are so many people out of jobs right now so many people who have been hit so so badly um and you know i think it's a really nice idea to have 50 percent off and to help encourage people you know get back out um and but then you know what now are we gonna go to restaurants and then be faced with all the horrible calorie numbers on the menu (laughs) they should have honestly just made like all restaurants all active participating restaurants um come up with this kind of like healthier option menu and if you pick that then you get some sort of promotion and it's not to say that you can't have it but like we want to encourage people to you know eat balanced meals without calories because those meals might have more calories than some of the other menu items but messaging around yeah maybe they're a bit more nutritious and maybe those are the kind of foods that you wouldn't be able to normally afford but if they're 50 percent off in a restaurant that now becomes within your budget Mm -hmm. so maybe that could have been like a better way to approach it I really don't know about the analytics I'm just speculating here and that literally is off the top of my head but it sounds like it would have made more sense than being like everyone has to lose weight but also go out and eat out at restaurants yeah it's just again the lack of direction and the tools that we're being given in regards to this message is so conflicting and so unhelpful and it will be it will is probably going to cause people more stress and uncertainty yeah yeah totally oh my god so much stress because of all the conflicting information but i do think it speaks to the nature that there's just like two parallel issues going on where it's like there's a public health issue and there's also a financial crisis that we're all in but like how can we create one solution that kind of fits both instead of these two conflicting solutions that just leave people more confused exactly and I get it and I always say this because you know a lot of people moan about the government and the way that this whole like pandemic has been handled and oh my god like if I was in charge of the country like what a bloody awful position to be in in this in 2020 yeah no one would volunteer would exactly they? and you can't you're never going to be able to please everyone there's always going to be someone that has an opinion that you're not doing the right thing and you know you're yeah. never ever going to make be able to make a decision that pleases everyone and it's the right way for everyone but you know there are ways that you can be more kind of it can be more applicable to more people and it's more maybe a little bit more flexible and not so scaremongering yeah. Exactly. This is also a very short term solution um, in the sense that it's like lose weight, save the NHS. Like it's very like lose weight right now. Exactly. And I know that, you know, there's other public health nutritionists that I follow on social media and they're very frustrated because some of these messages, such as, you know, the adverts being exposed to children at certain times of the day, they've been fighting for this for years and years. Right. And now they're like, okay, so we're in this pandemic and all of a sudden, like it's, Straight. Now you're pulling your yeah. Grass. yeah exactly um yeah but I think that sorry if you hear sirens in the background um city living um but I think again this is just such a like a band-aid over the problem where they should really be using this as an opportunity to like shape the public health of exactly. England and the UK for like years and years to come um but instead this seems like just a short-term fix like if everyone lost five pounds, we'd be in a better position. I think I saw that headline or something where it's like, it's just such a short term solution. Like, and we know that most people who go on a diet and lose weight, 80% of those people will have gained that weight back plus more in five years. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very short term. Um, and not helpful. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, if we were to kind of sum up what we're trying to say here, which is very, very difficult because we have so many thoughts, um, I would just say regardless of your weight, you know, may just, you know, maybe start doing a few more things that will benefit your overall well-being, whether that be going out for 
a 10 minute walk at lunchtime or eating an extra fruit or vegetable a day or going to bed an hour earlier yeah try a new recipe get creative in the kitchen um no sit down and have dinner with friends and make food more enjoyable and social exactly um there's so many other things that can be done I think from a forking wellness perspective if we can just encourage everyone to just really shift your focus away from calories shift your focus away from weight loss and just have a more positive overall health building perspective um and you know what health looks so different on everyone and someone's idea of making a healthy choice could literally be like you said before, like going to sleep an hour earlier and someone else's might be like introducing a new vegetable at dinner. Mm-hmm. It is so different. So please don't compare yourself to others. Don't step on that scale. Yeah, literally. <laughs> don't download my fitness pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and like you said, you know, different things work for different people. Some people might find it, find it really helpful to track what they're eating and to track calories but that person might also be health conscious and be aware of what nutrients they need. Someone else who's counting calories might be completely unaware and just solely focusing, you know, their attention on that number of calories they're consuming whilst disregarding the nutritional value of the food. Yeah. Like I said, you could eat a 2000 calorie diet of balanced food and you can eat 2000 calorie diet of McDonald's. Your health outcomes are going to be vastly different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, forking wellness will be um providing more tools um for people to hopefully find their version of balance at yeah. some point in the future um so yeah keep listening stay tuned yeah and like let's keep this conversation like going like we'd oh, love to hear yeah. your thoughts um on this like obviously we had so many I could only imagine what everyone else is feeling right now Mm -hmm. um and I love different perspectives as well so if you don't agree with us like we still want to hear that because I think it's so important for everyone like we're all biased and based on our opinions and things and I think it's so important to kind of open the conversation and hear the other side play devil's advocate like Mm -hmm. that's so important so we don't get like tunnel visioned into our own kind of thoughts and feelings you know having an open mind and having a bit of perspective is so 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 important definitely and I mean that's kind of why we started the podcast because you know there's there's been episodes where even me and you don't or you and I don't agree on certain you know aspects of health and wellness we all have our different opinions and it's just and you know we're not going to argue about it it's just nice to open up the conversation exactly it's all about like healthy healthy debate exactly (laughs) right amazing um yeah I think we definitely covered it um we could probably speak on this for hours but if you guys have any questions um please do let us know right into forkingwellness at gmail.com um tell us your thoughts and feelings we'd love to read them yeah and if you find this episode helpful and you think it's a discussion worth hearing please do share on your instagram account share with your friends um you know we really want to reach as many people as possible because we believe we're doing something good for the wellness community so thank you for all of your support yeah and make sure you share with someone who works for public health england yeah (laughs) and as always please rate review and subscribe and follow forking wellness on instagram thanks guys we'll see you next week bye